0: The jail booth became a confessional, full of admitted sins, forgiveness, and answered prayers. In the midst of his ramblings about how and why he could do better, I heard myself mumble, brother, we need you. What's up, fam? We back, Black Man Lab Afterflow making, powered by the New Georgia Project. We in Town, man, and we with some real brothers, brothers who have got something to say, and we're with these brothers. They're gonna introduce themselves and we're gonna have a, a conversation. You're gonna hear from brothers. We've been talking to black men all across Georgia. Now we're in Macon. We want the brothers from Macon to be able to speak their truth so that the world is clear that we got something to say. Don't keep talking about us, we gonna talk to you. So with that, I wanna um start with my brother who helped get us here, brother Dr. Pee-wee. Kevin Wee Williams, what's up, brother?
1: What's going on, good brother?
0: Introduce yourself, man, tell me about yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm Dr. Kevin Wee Williams, and uh, I'm an assistant professor of uh, healthcare leadership at Mercer University. Uh, my background is uh, education and health policy and public health. Uh, I also dabble in the music business. I do uh, music management, came out of retirement for my son who, uh, is an artist named DK on came um, out of retirement, bro. Came out of retirement to help manage him, and he um, is an artist and actually is part of the Black Man Labs um, music project. Uh, he was assistant music director, and uh, he grew up here in Macon. I, I came out of College Park, College Park, College Park, baby. And uh, but he grew up here in Macon. Um, in fact, he was just nominated for Hip Hop Artist of the Year at the Four Seven Eight Awards. Man, let's
0: get that up. Let's yeah. get that up.
1: So um, it was good that he was nominated. Uh, So, hey, that's a start, as as the brother said, at 478 Awards. Just to say you were nominated is huge. Um, And he's on this project. Yes, he's on the We Need You project. He's on this project, project, the We Need You project. Y'all better get up. You need to get on that. Yeah, he's he's an assistant music director, and his mentor, Elias, uh, Vincent Muhammad, here from Macon, um, is the actual music director for the project, and he's featured on five of the songs. On the project, so you got to tap into. We need you. I'm one of the mentors of that particular part of the Black Man Lab. That project, uh, we we meet weekly on how we can expose um, this great music and our work to other people. But just so excited to be have the Black Man Lab here in the Four Seven Eight.
0: Four Thank Seven you,
1: Eight. Real quick, uh, been married how many years? Yes, uh, it'll be 25 years uh, in June. All right, all right, all right. And, um, you know, y'all are all invited. I throw a big one on the 4th of July. I mean, not to celebrate the 4th of July, but just uh, that's just the time most people could be off work and come by. Um, and because I'm always rocking the uh, Juneteenth with uh, Brother Muhammad.
0: That's right.
1: At the park. So um, we do a 4th of July. We're going to celebrate our 25th there. So um, please come and celebrate with the, with the fam on that. No uh, doubt. Y'all are invited.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Thank you, Doc. We appreciate you. We love you, man. Love you too, too love, brother. Love the work you've been doing. Yes, sir. Um, we gonna jump over here, my brother, first time we've met. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. Good, man. Introduce yourself to the world, to the black man lab world. Brothers all over the world wanna know your name.
2: Uh, my name is Carl Myers. I'm a community activist here in Macon. Uh, my story is I did 12 years in the Georgia uh, prison system, came mm-hmm. home um, and just started teaching my whole reformation process and what I've been through and how I got out of that state of ignorance. and um, Filled my life with knowledge, and from that knowledge, a lot of manifestations came. Um, primarily, I worked with Fathers Marks Men, a nonprofit organization. Yes, sir. Here in Macon that works with young men. They do counseling, mentoring, take the kids to different places so they could experience new things. So
0: you came home and you started serving.
2: Yes, sir. And when you well, serve- I was serving while I was in prison, yeah. you know I was teaching guys how to read and write, teaching mm-hmm. them how. Um, helping brothers get their GED and just being an example in the dorm and just having conversations that a lot of the brothers wasn't having inside of there. Yeah, yeah,
0: we appreciate you, bro. No problem. Welcome home. Thank you, bro. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. For sure, for sure. Uh, You mentioned an organization. Uh I, I wanna hear, we wanna hear about the organization. You are also a part of the organization, the, break it down for them, the Fathers Amongst men. Men.
3: Fred Sturtevant, co-founder of Fathers Among Men. Fathers Among Men is an organization that basically looks to find sustainable solutions for our community, but from the lens of fatherhood. Because if you look at all the societal ills that we have, all of them are positively impacted when the man is inside the home or there's a male figure that's actively involved. If you look at teen pregnancy, dropout rates, violence, all those things change when we have men involved. And the way that we address that is we deal with father's rights and having space for men to come together like a brotherhood luncheon and those activities. But with anything, you got to have a long-term solution. And our long-term solution is mentoring our youth. Um, We have a mentoring program we do pathway to manhood me and brother carl have done things like uh spring all of the fall breaks and when school is out we do camps for the youth so they can come keep them occupied so they got something else to do something to be involved with and we make sure we cornerstone it on reading so we do reading circles so we're gonna go out there and play flag football or we're gonna let them play the game all day before they get to that they got to sit down and read in a circle read out loud with each other in front of each other to help build that confidence, help build that reading efficacy. And also it gets them to be more comfortable. And we've watched their grades get better. We've watched them improve. And we give them some time to be themselves. Like we might let them camp out, let them get the ox cord and they out there burning some stuff, having a bonfire. They may be out there doing whatever, but they get their own space and their time. And by using that, they end up uh, holding each other accountable and start that. Because at the end of the day, what I tell them is we won't be there when they got to make them hard decisions. The parents won't be there. The coaches won't be there. Won't, won't nobody know what's going on except for their friends, their siblings, and their cousins. So if we teach them to have accountability amongst each other, then we we starting to set them up for success.
0: Brother. Thank you, brother. I, I, man, y'all clap and let's just let's let's just pause and just think for a moment. In... in in making tonight, we didn't just have the superintendent of the schools. We didn't have just an elected official. We had them, but we had brothers who have organizations that are intentionally built around fatherhood and building strong black men. And that, that's the work. And it's getting done. And so the narrative that black men are just kind of sitting around waiting for something to happen is madness. It's just madness. And so we debunking the myth. Bro, Marty, I, I mean, Marty, what do you think about having a, a statewide Black Man Lab conference and brothers come in and present bre- their best practices? Yeah, like, for,
4: first and foremost, what we saw tonight. Well, introduce yourself. I'm sorry, brother. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> Marty Monigan, I'm the executive director of the Black Man Lab. Um, what we saw here tonight is indicative of what is possible when Black men get together right? And what we can do statewide, nationwide, worldwide is incredible when we put our minds together to do it. Um, we saw a bunch of organizations here in the room tonight that um, all are doing great work. What we need to do is galvanize that work, right? We need to bring all of us together, use all of our, our, our intellectual property, and get on the path of putting our communities first, right? If we put our communities first, guess what happens? The rest of the world, the rest of the world is a better place. So I'm committed to making Black Man Lab, making our next stop. There it is.
0: All
4: right.
0: And Statesboro might have something to say too, man. Well, you know, Statesboro make maybe all at the same time. What do you mean, Jay White? We can do it. There it is, there it is. (laughs) There it is. My brother, come on and introduce yourself, brother. Yeah, my name is Jerry Anderson. Um, uh, I'm from Macon,
5: Georgia. I went to jail. I'm just like the brother next to me. I went to jail. I had three life sentences. I did 28 years in prison. Damn. My thing was the to only come home and talk to the young kids and try to get them going on the right path. Right. right now I'm in Macon, I got I do plays. I got a book I called King Pan, and I got a movie coming soon called The Story of Jerry
0: Anderson. Wow, brother. All right, brother. Yeah. I just want us to pause for a minute, brother. Three life sentences. Yes, sir. Twenty-eight years. Yes, sir. Found your way home. Yes, sir. Found your way to serve. Mm. God is good. All, all the time. Yes, yeah. sir.
5: And I'm also a cure violent too. Go around and talk to a lot of young
0: kids, trying to get them to put the guns down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got something to say to them. They they gotta listen. Yes, sir.
4: Yeah.
0: You know, what they say, credible messengers. Yes, sir. Feel you. I I want you to keep it real with them. Keep it real with them, no doubt. Brothers, um, there's an election. We can't get around it, right? I don't want to get around it. I really want us to just what is it that in a just a couple of weeks when there's this election? What is it that you want elected officials to know about what we need, right? Y'all are working. Y'all are in these spaces with young black men all the time. What is what is it that's up on your priority list in terms of what this election can deliver to support black men?
2: I feel like this election could deliver a lot. Um, I think that as a community, as black people, we need to put our agenda on the table. And then we have to collectively have representation to speak on that behalf. Mm -hmm. Not the different voices, but a said person that's gonna represent us as a whole. Yes, sir. And um, after that is done, we need to hold that person, whoever it is, in position accountable for the things that they said that they was gonna do in the beginning, and then once we make our agenda, have them um, stand on that.
0: Yes, sir. We have students here from Southwest, Southwest High School is in the house. And um education. How how critical uh is education in this election? How how critical, you know, would it be and, and what do you think is necessary to support the education of these young people that are in the room?
1: I think we still need to continue to put the resources in to make education affordable beyond K through twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the push to Forgive student loans is a critical piece that we need to continue to push and not feel like we should be backed into a corner and feel guilty about taking um, that opportunity. Um, Corporations uh, get write-offs all the time. Um, We need to put the investment in allowing people to forgive a good amount of their student loans. Um, I sit in a position where I teach uh, working adults and we have just started um, a Partnership with Bibb County through Dr. Sims and our relationship, where we are uh, offering a discount for his students' parents mm. to come back and get their undergraduate and graduate degrees. So, um, got you, we are very excited about that, and that's the kind of energy we need. Um, to allow uh, you can you imagine the kitchen table where you know mom is working on that degree, she tried it up uh, at. Two or three other schools, and now is sitting there doing their her, her homework as her young person does mm-hmm. their homework. That is, and it's building the whole family. Yes, sir. Uh, that's critical. So I'm I'm all about po- public health policies and education policies that will value and empower the family because the civil rights movement or the movement starts in the family
0: and it goes goes beyond. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Um, jump in. What's number one? What's what's a high priority? investing with this from this government i mean taxes are paid we want ours and what does ours look like what do we need that money to be directed into
3: so two things uh small business is always going to be important and being able to put funding there and put those resources there because small business is the backbone of any community economically and you see that during the pandemic a lot of Uh, Blacks across the state, across the country, took that time to start new businesses, invest those dollars and do a lot of that. And you've seen a lot of people be able to determine their own destiny. But also since you spoke on education, I think that something that we that we miss and overlook in that space is life coaching because we have a lot of people we keep saying, hey, we keep telling them that you get more education, get more education. But a lot of times the people around them haven't taught them to be able to apply that education. Right. And so you need life coaches for someone between 16 and 24 so that they know how to apply that because you can get a degree and get all the student loans in the world. But we got a lot of people coming out of school with student loan debt but they don't know how to apply it. They didn't know the internships to do. They didn't know the career fields to really guide towards. They didn't know how to take and apply that information because they didn't have anybody really around them to really coach them and give them that foundation. So they have the education and they say, Hey, I got this degree, but now they back at home working at Walmart, trying to get it figured out because they didn't have somebody that could give them that life coaching. Mom might've graduated, might even have a degree, but that was 20, 30 years ago in the whole world. And the
5: economics have changed.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. My brother.
5: With me, it'll be education. Cause, Cause there's a lot of kids that we talk to. They can't read and they can't write. And it's kind of hard for them. They, that would make them don't go to school. Cause they all, they're ashamed that the teacher might call them to read. And also it's funding. There's a lot of rundown houses around here. There's a lot of street that got potholes in them. And it's just real bad. to making them just need people to, we need funding to build all this up so we can have something for the kids to do. Cause at six o'clock. Kids don't have nothing to do. All they do is just go, they get in games and they get together, shoot up everything, shoot people calls up. They do everything that they don't supposed to be doing because there's nothing to do. No ball playing or nothing. From six to three in making, there's nothing to do. So only thing they are gonna do is go get in
0: trouble. So we need, it sound like, Marty, that sound like some funding and education, mm-hmm. infrastructure money, yes. after school programs with, yes. You name it, sports, music, art, the whole shebang. The whole shebang.
4: I was going to say, you know, one of the interesting things is there's a lot of organizations, not for profit organizations, that address all of these issues. But guess what? They get no funding. Right. Right. So imagine if our elected folks were moving funding into the places where people can actually do the work and actually help. You know, with all these different things that we talk about from education, healthcare, you name it. um, That's that's what I would say. I would love to see.
0: Yeah, we got to jump. We got to get your habit. Give us one habit, one thing you do every day that helps you move the way you move in service, in community and gotten you in. The position that you in or out of situations that you've been in.
2: Uh, Let's start. Um, One thing. For me, it's uh studying. So, when I understood that I'm nothing but intelligence, I started to study everything around me, and um tap into what that intelligence is of that person. Um, for me, it's just recognizing the five properties of knowledge, which is to look, listen, learn, observe, and respect all things. Yeah. And I'm gonna keep it at that.
0: There it is. We appreciate it. There it is. With me, drop one.
5: With me. It's just being around the little kids that are in trouble and they need help. They don't, they can't go to their mother. They can't go to their father. They need somebody to talk to and I'm there to listen to them and really feel the pain they go through.
0: Yes, sir.
3: I convert energy. And what I mean by that is, is that I take whatever negative and I use it as a, fu- as a conduit to build. My philosophy that I said earlier is building so they cannot ignore you. So instead of taking that energy, if I have an issue with somebody and taking it to go back at them, I take it to go build something better, something greater, or whatever, instead of re you know, because once you give into to that negative energy, yes, it's gonna consume you. So I take that and just convert that energy into something positive. The more people piss me off or make me mad or anything else, I just continue to use that energy to build. And if you always build and you get a chance to see the benefits or the fruits of that labor,
0: it no helps keep you motivated. No doubt, no doubt. Brother Pee Wee. I would say prayer,
1: affirmations, and, um, you know, unfortunately, my best friend and my little brother were both shot and killed in Atlanta within a year of each other. And um, my brother's case is a cold case. And so, what I have done on one of his anniversaries, I wrote a letter on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I revisit the importance of forgiveness mm-hmm. um, because. I might have had in my classroom somebody that shot my brother that I mm-hmm. that I actually taught. So I practice forgiveness um, as much as possible.
0: Hey, brothers, um, thank y'all. Thank y'all for sharing. Thank y'all for being open and transparent And what, I mean, this is what we do at the Black Man Lab. We give thanks. Um, we are continuing this tour. Black men got something to say powered by the New Georgia Project. We look forward to the next city of Columbus and beyond, but we look forward to coming back to Town. This is a special place That's with right. special brothers building something very, very special. Special that energy. W- Special energy. There is a special energy here that we know we're gonna build together and we're going to be able to tap those lives that y'all are already working on and do this in collaboration. Thank you, brothers. Let's give it up, brothers. <laughs>